Hello and welcome to level 39 of Three Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host, Tom Knight. Before we get into this week's show, just want to remind you guys that you can keep up with all things Three Extra Lives over on social media at Three Extra Lives, especially if you're on the Twitter, because you're going to see updates from me about the show, about my live streaming, about other indie games that I'm retweeting out there. Lots of good, honest content coming out of there. So what are you waiting for? If you're not following Three Extra Lives on social media, do it. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go over there and get more Three Extra Lives in your life. And with that out of the way, let's get on with the show. So like most new months on Three Extra Lives, I end up talking about Humble. And recently, Humble monthly changed their structure of their subscription service. You might have noticed this if you are or if you were a Humble monthly subscriber that they've changed it to Humble Choice now, which means that you get a choice of 10 to 12 games and you get to pick the games that you want. Various subscription tiers have a certain amount of choices, but as a legacy subscriber, you always get 10 choices. And this month they had 12 games to choose from, so I have to make the hard choice of leaving two games behind there. But one of the games I did pick was a game called Bad North. Now the synopsis for Bad North is a charming but brutal real-time tactics roguelike. Defend your idyllic island kingdom against a horde of Viking invaders as you lead the desperate exodus of your people. Command your loyal subjects to take full tactical advantage of the unique shape of each island. Now this has been out since November 2018. It's developed by Plausible Concept and it's out for Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. It's even on mobile, on iOS, and it's on Windows and Mac. Now I have to say to start off here that I'm not a big real-time strategy fan. It's always been a genre that I just haven't been able to connect with. And I think it's more that I have a lot of issues micromanaging a lot of aspects of real-time strategy games. Usually you have to manage resources, you're building armies, and there's a lot of things going on that you have to take in. And I just want to say that I'm definitely not down on the genre. It's just been a genre that I've found hard to pick up and play because I think it does usually have a higher barrier of entry, but Bad North has turned this on its head a little bit for me because this makes real-time strategy simple. How it works is you go into a campaign and you start off with these commanders and you have a turn where you have a choice of several islands and you can go and defend those islands. Sometimes those islands have another commander on them that you can recruit. They have items that you can use to equip your commanders with to maybe increase your damage of your soldiers or your archers. And if you send a commander onto one of these small islands, you'll then take part in a small skirmish, which probably takes about three to five minutes. And you'll have boats of Vikings coming to your island from various directions. It's kind of the classic RTS control system of clicking your unit and moving them to a tile on this island and you have various types of vikings you've got vikings with shields with bow and arrows and you have your own units as well which you know so if you've got archers they're going to be better against soldiers without shields 
You've got pikemen, which are great at defending one spot, but they're not as mobile. And as you complete an island and you successfully defend several buildings on there, you get coins, which then you can use to upgrade your commanders. You can unlock new skills for your units, which almost act like one-time skills that you can use within a skirmish. For example, the archers have an ability that you can use to rain down arrows on a certain part of the map, which can help you swing a battle in your favor. And when you've used a commander to go defend an island, that commander is then depleted for one turn and you can't use them. So it's a matter of determining how many commanders you should send to an island. The islands are various sizes and you'll get an idea of how many units are going to be invading that. Once you've sent a commander, that commander is depleted for a turn. And then when you progress to the next turn, there's like a, a line that moves to the right. And if you haven't defended an island and that line goes past that island, you can't go back to that island. So you're always jumping forward to the next island. It's not a linear progression of one island to the next. You have choices of various islands that you can go to, different shapes, different sizes. And it really starts to encourage risk and reward as you progress further along the map. And like I said, just the combination of real-time tactics and roguelike mixed in here, which I'm always a big fan of, has really surprised me just how much I'm enjoying this game so far. And again, like I said, I'm not an RTS fan in the slightest. I, I've played some RTS, but it just doesn't do it for me. I just can't seem to get into it. But this game, small little bouts, roguelike, highly digestible, lots of different ways to approach each island. And there's always that choice and that consequence for each round. So if you've been on Humble Choice, maybe you haven't made your picks this month, I definitely recommend picking up Bad North. If you're not, maybe you should consider picking up Humble Choice or just go check out Bad North if you like what I'm saying here. It's art style is really simple but it's really effective and it's just a really cool feeling when you're sitting on these islands waiting for the Vikings to come and you just hear that horn, that battle horn, and as they meander through the fog and approach your island. It's epic feeling for such a simple looking game. So that is Bad North by Plausible Concept. Go check it out. It's trivia time, so we're gonna fill the blank. Complete the name of this historical RTS series. Developed by Ensemble Studios, which has sold over 20 million copies. Age of blank. The answer is Age of Empires. Did you get that one right? If you did, Give yourself an extra life. I've been thinking about my most memorable video game moments, and there's a lot that stand out for me when it comes to video games. I mean, I've been playing all my life, so I've got lots of memories in my head of a certain event that happened in a game that I just reflect on sometimes, and we all have them, right? We all have those moments where we're like, oh my goodness, this was such an iconic moment in a video game that sometimes your mind just drifts back and thinks about it. I'm gonna just tell you a few of mine, probably three, because you know, it kinda fits in with the show. So one video game memory that comes to mind is Elder Scrolls Oblivion. And this came out back in March 2006, and I have 
a couple of memories tied to this game because sadly the day I got this game my lifelong cat that I had had to be put down the night before I got this game and I remember I didn't go to college the next day I was only 18 at the time you know I was feeling pretty down but this came through the post and it was a welcome distraction actually and one thing I do remember about this game is the start where you're in prison the emperor is under attack and he ends up in your prison cell and he's voiced by Patrick Stewart which makes it even more incredible you are the one from my dreams then the stars were right and this is the day and you escape from this prison and through the sewers then enter the world of Cyrodiil which is where Elder Scrolls Oblivion is set and I just remember leaving those sewers and then seeing this complete open world that could be explored and it's an amazing feeling because the the light kind of hits your eyes it gets really bright and then you you come into focus and you just see this incredible landscape all around you you're looking around and you're thinking oh my goodness i can go anywhere i can head off in any direction and discover an adventure and it's actually something Bethesda have used in Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 when you leave the vault that just that feeling of oh my goodness I've been suppressed in this underground or in this prison and now suddenly I have this whole world to discover and for me that's like one of the first real open world RPG games that I really sinked my teeth into. I would played Morrowind as well but this was on a different graphical level and just that memory has always stuck with me. Another memory I have is also around the same time when I was uh, in my late teens and I played a lot of World of Warcraft and I was part of a raiding team and in original World of Warcraft for raids you needed 40 people so gathering 40 people online heading into these raids which we'd scheduled a couple of times a week and it was actually not as common for everyone to be experiencing this type of content just because you needed so many people and coordinating that many people it was definitely an experience that the majority of the player base never got to experience in its current time so i remember i was actually having a small LAN party with my friend from school i took my huge tower of a pc up to his house and we were playing warcraft and i actually had a raid that night so he was kind of playing some warcraft himself and kind of watching me do my raid and that night just seemed to coincide with us in the first major raid in World of Warcraft which was Molten Core and I think we had about 30-ish people and we'd been battling against Ragnaros who was the Fire Lord and kind of the end boss of this first major raid. Now for you, insects, boldly you sought the power of Ragnaros. Now you shall see it firsthand. And we killed him and I just remember feeling so so amazing that we'd overcome this huge foe, this massive boss in-game of people who were my friends, who were my guildmates, and, and it was just a truly epic experience to be able to conquer this iconic boss in this game. Going back a little bit further in time, remember demo discs? Because I do, and I had this demo disc in particular that had about 12 different games on it and I I don't know where I acquired it from but I remember it being a particular favorite of mine because it had quite a lot of classic PlayStation 1 games on it. It had Spyro, I think it had Crash Bandicoot, it also had Metal Gear Solid and this is what introduced me 
to that series. And I remember playing this demo disc over and over and over again because Metal Gear Solid was something I had never experienced before. I mean, going into a game where it's actually encouraging you to avoid enemies and be stealthy and not engage with the bad guys. This blew my mind because if you've ever played Metal Gear Solid, it really does focus on the stealth element. You can pin yourself up against walls. You can peek around corners. You've got guards patrolling everywhere. It's a really intense feeling. And as someone that had never experienced anything like that before, and I think probably most players playing Metal Gear Solid hadn't because it was just an incredible gaming experience on the PlayStation. And I remember that first opening area where Solid Snake swims in. This is Snake. Colonel, can you hear me? Loud and clear. What's the situation, Snake? Looks like the elevator in the back is the only way up. Just as I expected. You'll have to take the elevator to the surface. But make sure nobody sees you. And I remember just spending so much time in that area, sneaking around, even though I had called the elevator, I just needed to climb into the elevator and go up to the surface to progress the story. I just spent so much time like knocking on walls, distracting guards, and then running away and hiding and thinking this was amazing. So that's just a small pinch of a couple of video game memories I have. What about you? I'd love to hear your video game memories, special moments that happened in game that have stuck with you. Please let me know. I would love to hear about them. It's trivia time. So we're just talking about video games. So here we go with a generic video game question. How many rows of aliens appear in a wave of space invaders. Is it five, is it six, or is it seven? The answer is five. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. And finally, on this level of three extra lives, let me tell you about Split or Steal by developer RootPew. Now this is an interesting game that I came across on Steam. It's free to play. It's a social deduction game. And it's very simple really how it works is that you log in, you have an avatar, which there's loads of avatars that you can unlock with coins that you earn in game. And how you earn coins in this game is you're put into a room with another player. You're in like a vault and there's some money on the table and you have to negotiate with them if you're going to split or steal. Now, if you decide to split and they decide to split, guess what? You split the money. If you decide to split and they decide to steal the money, well, guess what? They steal the money and you don't get anything. And if you both decide to steal, nobody wins anything. How the game works is it's based on a tier system. So when you start the game, you're at tier one. If you then go into a situation where you acquire money, you have a successful split or steal, you move up to tier two, etc., etc. And there's 10 tiers in this game. And when you get to tier seven, it removes the information about your character. So up to tier seven, it will tell people your character name. It will tell them your karma because you get bad karma if you steal, you get good karma if you don't. It will tell people if you're in a organization, which is like a clan, and it will tell people if you've recently stolen. So up to tier seven, you get all this information, but when you get to tier seven, then everything is anonymous. And all you can see 
is the other character's avatar and of course the chat that you are negotiating in. And it's a really strange game because when I first started playing, as someone that just doesn't trust anyone and is very skeptical about everything, I just thought everyone was going to steal. It wasn't quite the case and on my first few playthroughs I found that there's a bit of a meta in this game. At the start people seem to be more encouraged to split and generally I found so far that most people try to split. There's only very few situations I've experienced where people have stolen from me and you can get your way all the way through to the final tier and you can be talking to someone saying yes we're gonna split this money let's just split the money and we both win and then you can just decide to steal and be a terrible person and get more coins for doing that and there is some pretty funny situations in this game where there's an avatar in this game that looks like a hot dog and it seems to me that it's been adopted by players in this game <laughs> to suggest that hot dogs always split the money so if you see a hot dog a character dressed as a hot dog they're gonna split the money with you and in my experience, again, it's always happened. Hot dogs have always split money. But there's a vast amount of different avatars that you can choose from as well. And something I did on stream was unlock the wizard avatar. And we were going in there, busting some rhymes about, about how we put a spell on you. And now you're slime. And how to undo the spell was to split the money and run. That's not the rhyme, but it was something like that. This is just an interesting social experiment game, I think, of what people do in these situations. There does seem to be a bit of an end game in this as well, that you can perform heists on players that have stolen from you. You can also build up a small town with your earnings. If you don't want to unlock characters, you can also build buildings, which gives you a coin bonus, and it also gives you attack and defense bonuses with regards to heist. And to be honest, I haven't looked into the heist part of this game. All I've done is the main mode of split or steal. So I have to say, for a free-to-play game, for something a little bit different, it was very interesting to play. And I'm always a bit skeptical in games where you're being matched up with strangers and you're able to communicate with them. But to be honest, I didn't experience any toxicity, which was very refreshing. There's people in there that sometimes don't communicate at all and they just lock in their decision. And I should say that when you're in this situation with a player, you get about a minute and a half to talk with them about what you're going to do. But if somebody locks in their decision of splitting or stealing, you get a countdown from about 30 seconds to make your choice as well. So some players just go in and lock in their choice fairly quickly without saying much. Other players are a bit more chatty. Some people are like me where they have a rhyme and they paste that into the chat and see what happens. But I was playing this on Twitch and I had a few people helping me out with some rhymes and it was pretty funny. And most of the time we decided to split and it worked out favorably for us. But perhaps this will be a game where the meta and the mindset of players might change over time. And also if the developer changes up this game a little bit, perhaps that will shake things up. Maybe there'll be players playing as hot dogs that don't split and then they're called not dogs. But it's a really interesting dynamic. It's a simple game. And coming from a background where I play a lot of games like Werewolf, I just love that aspect of bluffing. I love that aspect of negotiating and potentially <laughs> being screwed over or screwing someone else over, but also just trying to 
negotiate with someone to say, look, this is going to be better for us if we both split. But not everyone sees it that way and not everyone is always there to do good in this internet world. But so far from my experience of split or steal, most people want to split that money. So maybe there's hope for us after all. That is Split or Steal by Rip You. It's trivia time. So we're going to end with a name the game. This stealth video game series in which the player takes the role of Garrett, who is the main protagonist in this fantasy steampunk world. The answer is Thief. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. And here we are at the end of the show. How did you do on the trivia today? As always, you can let me know over on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's okay to tell me how you did. Embrace your score. You can also email the show at podcast at 3 extralifescom if you've got any feedback, if you've got any recommendations yourself, if you've got any feel-good video game stories to share with me, you can totally do that there. And like always, head on over to 3 extralifescom to find the show notes for this level. And there you'll find everything that I've mentioned on this very level, so you don't have to go searching. It will all be there. And with that out of the way, I want to thank you very much for tuning in to this level. And I will see you all in level 40! Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.